0: So, welcoming to the Green Light Studios, a good buddy of mine. Technically, they, he's my dad. He's also a friend, Hall of Famer, eighty-three career sacks.
1: Oh, they didn't count sacks, my rookie. So you year. had
0: well, you had five your rookie year. I looked it up. You had no, yeah. I think it was six. Oh, okay. So you had about I don't know eighty-nine, ninety. Yeah. So congratulations yeah. on my retirement. I was coming for you. Ah. I just want to get that off the bat. Hey, about five more wow. years. <laughs> so, uh, hey, and also, I mean, like, for a guy that grounded me for six months at one point, I just want to welcome you to our, our studio. How the tables have turned.
1: Uncle Billy grounded me for life one time. Mike came by the house and what did ground- what did you do? I don't know. I believe it or not, when I was in high school, how tough Uncle Billy was. <laughs> Uncle Billy was tough. He's a lot warmer and fuzzier now. When I lived with him for three years, um, I couldn't go out during the week. I was 6'5", 220-pound senior, couldn't go out during the week and had to be home at 9 p.m. flat. Yeah. Or if you were 9 one Tom Coughlin time? Nine- yes, he was 8-5. Tom Coughlin. He was Tom Coughlin early. He was way earlier than Tom Coughlin. So you had it easy.
0: Yeah, I know I did. I, I, well, I, I deserved it a few of the times. but You sure did. But well, welcome to the studio. And by Thank the you. way, this guy's just giving me shit since he sat down. He said, is it, is it okay to have a dead raccoon behind you? I said, well, well I
1: want to know, do you validate? Because I walked about, a? am winded, yeah, walked about a mile down from the parking lot. We can and,
0: improve the parking and then situation. And I saw the
1: raccoon and the squirrel. But for the
0: record, I will say this, that for all the dead raccoons nice out there. Super Bowl trophies back yeah, there. Yeah, the Super Bowl yeah. trophies are nice. Uh, for all the de- dead raccoons out in the world, like this one has it pretty good. You know, the other ones, they're just on the side of the road somewhere. This guy's on a big time live stream podcast. We're streaming this podcast live across the country right now as we speak. So
1: I don't know what foundation. That was a
0: joke. I wanted to see if you squirmed because it's live TV. I know you don't do a lot of live TV. I don't know what.
1: I do a lot of live TV. I I don't (laughs) know what foundation or what group, you know, monitors these kinds of atrocities.
0: FCC. Uh, Yeah. FCC. They'll be on you in a heartbeat. FCCC. It's a, There's a, a third C. These yeah. are way more important than you know some of the stuff you do on Sunday. It's great. A lot of people watch What's that an
1: acronym it. for?
0: I don't know. Uh-huh. Um, so I wanted to ask you, the reason we're bringing you on, this is a segment called Hey Dad, because if you didn't know already, this is going to be a recurring segment, so you're contractually <laughs> obliged. What's the budget here? Also, I, I do hit the budget here. $8 million a week. Also, I want to I, I shout you out as not only a Hall of Fame football player, but a great babysitter.
1: Oh God, I love those kids.
0: Yeah, these he... they
1: are. I'll tell you what they. It's uh, you got to get through your own kids to get to those kids.
0: Yeah, I'm working on that. So uh... no,
1: I mean they they are. Whalen and Luke are. We we just have we're we have so much fun and and you know the nice thing for us is. We we have a a relatively big house for that circa. Of house you know built in 1846 and when we first bought it it was in total disrepair and we didn't have a kitchen we had one bathroom and you guys were nine five and four and it was kind of an adventure so it was nice um but here we were fast forward to you're 34 years old uh kyle's 30 going on 31 here and you know and how he's fast approaching uh, the 30 number here. But he's
0: got the wisdom of a 50-year-old. Totally.
1: <clears throat> yeah, he's like Yoda. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but the house, here's, here we were in this big house, and it's kind of empty. Yeah. And you know, there are rooms that I don't go in or would not go in for 10 years. There's rooms
0: I haven't been in. Right. Ever.
1: You know, Diane, your mom said, you know, that room down the end of the hall needs to be painted. I said, Why? <laughs> We haven't been in that room in twenty years. <laughs> but now with Luke and Whalen, the house is oh, full. Oh, you
0: use the, the whole thing. The
1: house is full and again.
0: You throw your Fitbit on for that for that uh exercise watching them because you you probably cover a couple miles a day. Oh.
1: And and it's great. Yeah. They are great and it's a ball and you're watching things and doing things that, you know, the technology is so much better now than when we brought you guys up. It was yeah. pretty primitive. Throw something in the back seat and hope that you don't kill one another. Well, like, yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, How many stitches combined?
1: Well, I didn't realize this, but until I went to when Kyle took a line drive at a he was eight years old at one of your
0: practices. At Darden Tow. Yeah. It but... wasn't a live drive, a line drive. It was a pop fly. I think. Whatever. Pop yeah, fly, yeah, line yeah. drive. It was batting Faster practice. Faster than a, uh, it a, a, it was a was batting,
1: It was batting practice. And in batting practice, for those of you who don't know, in Little League, there's about 10 kids out in the outfield. And it's, oh, I got it. No, I don't got it. And one kid puts his glove down and it's Kyle. Well, we go to the emergency room and and come to realize that, you know, I'm starting to kind of figure out the questions the woman at the computer is asking me are leading towards, you, you know, do you feel like, you know, do you feel like you're in peril at home? You know, those kind of questions. And I figured it out <laughs> that if you're in there a certain number of times... You know, there's a, there's a red light that goes. Yeah, it's called,
0: it's called a watch list. They yeah. have them for all well, types of Well, we things. were on
1: the watch list for sure. Yeah, I mean, we had stitches and, you 30, know.
0: 36 for Kyle. I accidentally hit him with the bat. Oh, that was a bad That was a rough day. one. We don't need to go into details, but that was in, an accident. I was covered in blood. And then, and then Howie hit Kyle or Kyle hit Howie with a picture frame.
1: Uh, Howie always went with the foreign object.
0: Yeah, was it? I mean, what? it was a size thing. God,
1: you know he was, like, he was like Toro Tanaka. He pulled out of the salt, salt out of the belt and, you know, throw it in your eyes and then whack you. Yeah. You know? Exactly. But I mean, when you're dealing with Kyle, poor Howie, you it's know. Like hunting I mean, a bear. I'm hiding behind the door with a
0: bat, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No doubt about it. Um, yeah, so, you know, fast forwarding to the. To, the reason I brought you on wasn't to to, to recount how. Fucking insane! Our childhood—you
1: could get two shows out of this.
0: You could. Yeah. Uh, but it, it was mainly to talk about the Raiders and the last game at the Coliseum. Obviously, yeah. you when you read about the Raiders, and this is something for me that I lose, you know, because for when I was a kid, you were just my dad. You guys did a good job of driving that home. We tried to. You tried to, and you did. And so for me, I can remember like when you played in that AFC Championship game against Buffalo. I had really half a one eye on the game. I was playing Sega Genesis. Like, sure. That, that's how it can backfire. If you convince your kid that your dad's regular, I treat my dad on TV like it's regular. Um,
1: well, for, I, I think for you guys, it was regular. Yeah, And, yeah, and yeah. we didn't make a big deal out of it. Yeah, yeah. Well, and if you're in our house, <clears throat> up until, you know, X number of years ago, we had all this stuff stored in closets. And your mom actually was. You know the nexus for, you know. Hey, we need to take this stuff out and put it
0: up. Exactly.
1: And we turned the gym. I said that's fine. I don't want it even in the house. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to walk in the house and look at myself. I don't want to look at jerseys. I don't want to look. I at, don't either. I, but but down in the gym, it turned out to be a, a nice
0: thing, and and it spilled
1: over into your career.
0: So, is there one piece of memorabilia that you really like that's down there? Not to tip anybody off.
1: Um i would probably say the hall of fame bust you know there's one bust at the hall of fame and and they give you an additional bust for your own personal <clears throat> you know i i read an article the other day where people keep their academy awards i mean i don't know where i put ahead of myself i mean it's yeah, not like you've it's... got a statue i yeah I, you're like so i would say yeah it would be the hall of fame bust and the
0: jerseys of some yeah, who, who's some the best because you got some nba ones in there
1: well i've got a lot of raiders in there i've got you know archell and uh marcus allen ronnie lott uh you know just a slew of bill piquel Your yeah, you know, yeah my godfather your godfather um, uh, who is as good as it gets so a
0: lot of those guys played the oakland coliseum and 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 obviously yeah. when you read about it my point being when i read articles now as somebody who's studying in the media and like they You know, they talk about the perspective of the players that played there. Your name always comes up out of the five, six guys they talk about, or six, eight guys they talk about. That's pretty cool. Uh, You know, you were the last Oakland Raider at one point, right? Yeah.
1: Well, I I graduated, I didn't graduate from Villanova at the time, ended up uh, going early out to Oakland uh, once the draft occurred, uh, and had never been west of West Virginia.
0: Right, And you got to remember I'm a well, West Virginia is pretty far West.
1: Yeah. I mean, we played West Virginia my freshman year, but had never played on played on television maybe once or twice yeah, yeah. in four years of college. Yep. So we really didn't know. I mean, when you're a small school guy, when people don't realize is, you know, when you're a big school guy, for example, take your situation, let's compare the two situations and it, it, you were a high draft pick. You were mm-hmm. a high first-round draft pick. Uh, people wanted you to play in the Senior Bowl. Uh, you know, thankfully, you did not. Uh, it was more exposure to your body. But when you're at Villanova, I mean, oddly enough, I had gone to high school with a guy named Joe Rustic. Try to follow this. It's a, it's, it's a little bit of a breadcrumb trail here. <clears throat> I played with a guy named Joe Rustic, who ended up going to Notre Dame. And was a captain at Notre Dame. And he played on the same team
0: with Rudy. Right. His dad was the coach at Harvard. Who was an asshole, by the way, Rudy, by all accounts. I don't know. Uh, you're not, I, you don't need I, to say I, that. But no, I've never had the conversation. That's what with, the people are saying.
1: I've never had the conversation with Joe. Yeah. Um, Joe, by the way, is a dentist now. Uh, Joe's dad was the head coach at Harvard forever. You're right. For 25 years. Legendary coach. Joe's dad was on the selection committee for the now defunct Blue-Grey All-Star game. Right. So at this point, people don't know whether Howie Long's black or white. Right. Because right. I've never been on TV. I mean, right. we played down at Clemson. We were that, we were that team that they scheduled right. you know, to, to beat by 52 right. early on. And that was like the number one team in the country at the time. Mm-hmm. So a player, from what I gather, got hurt that was going to play in the Blue-Grey game. And it was kind of a secondary all-star game. And uh, I get a call, and Joe Rustic's dad facilitated getting me the offer to come down and play. And it was played down in Alabama on Christmas Day. And ironically enough, the head coach was Jimmy Johnson of the team from, I think we were in the north. We were the north team. Jimmy Johnson was at Oklahoma State. But you see every week now. Yeah. And Jimmy was, uh, coming from Oklahoma state and Dexter Manley played in the game and, you know, some people, and I had the opportunity to play against, I think it was a guy from Texas A&M and end up winning the MVP and, and then it begins. Um, I don't have an agent, uh, you know, typically when you're at a big school, you, you have a pro day where you had a pro day and you know, every team that wants to look at you comes in and you do one workout and you maybe do one or two other workouts for teams that are at the top of the draft. Maybe, right, right, you know, right. for your case, it was Miami, uh, maybe someone else. I worked out for maybe 26 separate days.
0: Hey, you were in good shape then.
1: Oh, I worked out one time. A scout from the Colts came by. I think it was the Colts. It was on a Sunday. He knocked on my dorm room door. hmm and I ran a 40 in sneakers on the front lawn of my dorm. Right. One time in a pouring rain, because we didn't have great facilities at Villanova at the time, it was the old Jake Nevin gym. <clears throat> Pittsburgh came in and I desperately wanted to be a Pittsburgh Steeler because Joe Green, Joe and, Green yeah. and all that, and there was no place to run a 40 because it was, it was a, you know, a driving rain outside and there was no place to run. And there was no indoor facility to facilitate running a 40. So what I did was we started in the corner of the staircase outside the gym and ran catty corner across the gym into the other stairway area (laughs) and ran out of room. And you end up hitting the wall twice. Boom. (laughs) Boom. Twice. (laughs) Because there's just not enough. Just palms of your hands on cinder blocks. No, I mean, literally, there's not enough runway. So, your mom and I are, and I don't even know where we were. I mean, I had no expectation of being drafted. High Oakland hadn't really showed any interest in me. Earl Leggett right. came by, but never said a word to me. And Earl was kind of holding his cards close to the vest, and you know, didn't want to tip anyone that he was <clears throat> he was interested. And all of a sudden, get a phone call that the Oakland Raiders had drafted you in the second round. Right. Um, went through four years of college without a dime in my pocket. Worked at Kelly's Bar yeah. for I think ten bucks a night mm-hmm. uh, down in Philly, uh, outside of Philly, <clears throat> by Villanova. Greatest Grint- city on the East Coast. Yeah, and you, uh, you,
0: did you disagree with me? No, I don't want to get you in trouble. No,
1: Philly's Philly's great. Philly's great. Philly's great. I, you know, you playing there. You know, I, I, your mom and I going to school there. We had, you know, some some. Kind of connection, and we had a lot of friends there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, you playing there gave us a, a greater appreciation. But here, I here I am at Villanova, and I've got zero dollars. I have no agent. When I was down at the Blue Gray game, not one agent spoke to me. Right. I I might as well. Have, I was I was space ghost. You mm-hmm. just. Yeah. Press the space yeah. goes button. I disappeared. No yeah. one, this guy's not going to go anywhere. Right. So I end up with a used car salesman from Tucson, Arizona as my agent. Because he represented a guy from Colorado <clears throat> who was also kind of a, a mid to late round guy and obscure. And I end up, uh, he ends up negotiating a contract for me with Oakland with Ron Wolfe who's now in the Pro Football Hall of Fame and one of the great general managers, one of the great talent evaluators in the history of the NFL. And my contract was 38, 48, 58, 68, 78, 88, Million. 000, <laughs> With an option. Yeah. For an additional year. Right. At $10,000 more.
0: Right.
1: <clears throat> my signing bonus was $80,000, but they told me they couldn't give that to me all at once.
0: That'd be a lot. That'd so they fun. had
1: to, yeah, they had to defer it out. So I bought myself a, a used Coupe DeVille from my used car salesman agent. And that Tucson. was the
0: whole play. Yeah. He, and I, he looked at you and your Charlestown getup, Right. And he said, and, this guy wants a Cadillac. And I'm There's thinking, no doubt about it. And
1: I'm thinking, <laughs> I'm going to get in this Cadillac. And I don't know how far Tucson is from... Oakland. Mm-hmm. But I'm driving to Oakland. Mm-hmm. And I drive that thing straight to Oakland by myself and get out of the car. And uh first person I run into is a guy by the name of Mike Ornstein, <clears throat> who is, you know, one of the great Character. characters in NFL mm-hmm. history. Uh and uh you gotta remember I'm coming from Villanova where there's a priest on every floor. Right. There's a church in my dorm. I have a church, a gym. The cafeteria, the communications major, all in St. Mary's Hall,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and there's a priest on every floor. Yeah, and I then I walk into the Oakland Raider locker room. Guys are smoking Salem lights and playing cards.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: To say it's a culture shock, and and really what hammered the point home that I was no longer in college, <laughs> aside from the fact that there's grown men, I'm. I'm making 38 grand now. My check is a little over $1,000 a week after taxes. First day of training camp, right off the bat, um, they're going down the line pit drill, pit drill, one on one, run blocking. And I'm sizing up the, the number two guy because at this point, I'm the number two right end right, right. in a 3 4 defense. So it's a two-gap defense, and it's Dave Browning. And they get to Dave Browning, and Earl, unbeknownst to me, had worked something out with Art Shell prior to the drill. (laughs) And so he kicks Dave out and puts me in. Now here's Art Shell, fully grown man, 34 years old, 33 years old, 300, and God knows what, they didn't weigh Art. Art never weighed in. No need. You just don't weigh Art in. I think John John Madden said if if I can't see the sun through his legs when they're together, yeah. I know he's too big. <laughs> and Art for those who don't know is one of the, you know, one of the top tackles of all time, left tackle and and a <clears throat> not a not a classic left tackle, a power left tackle. Yeah. Who also, you know, is a dancing bear and great yep. in pass protection, but Art would come off the ball and hit, headbutt you, and double fist pump you into the chest. Right, right. So now I'm not sure if my ribs are broken or my cheek is fractured, and I'm doing my best not to show that this is painful, painful at all. And and I survived it, and <clears throat> you know. It it was to be in a locker room with Art Shell, Gene Upshaw, uh, Mark Van Egan, Cliff Branch, Ted Hendricks, Rod Martin, Matt Millen, uh, you know, Lester Hayes. You know, the names go on and on and on. Um, It was a culture that. I never realized how unique it was until after I left and started broadcasting and covering other teams because my only frame of reference was the the 13 years that I spent there. And particularly (coughs) when you start your career in Oakland, we played in Oakland for one year and practiced in Oakland year two and played every game in LA. Mm -hmm. So every game for us in 1982 was a road game. And my roommate... (coughs) Not by choice, by kind of edict, was Lyle Alzado who said, Hey, what are you doing for a place to live? I said, Well, I I, I have no idea. I mean, I already have one. I don't have a plan. No, I didn't even have a plan. I mean, I was, you know, I was kind of staying at the Oakland Airport Hilton. So Lyle and I got a single room with two queen beds. And I lived with Lyle the entire season.
0: That sounds like some fear factor shit, to be honest. Oh,
1: Lyle would get a piece of chocolate cake every single night at like nine o'clock with a glass of milk. And I could be watching TV or whatever. He shut the TV off, shut the light off and go to sleep. Yeah. Not, hey, are you watching that? Or, yeah, yeah. You know, and I'm- twi- You're not really going to argue I'm 22
0: years old. Was he, was he the baddest man on the Oakland Raiders? <laughs>
1: Discounting me?
0: Yeah, I know you got to do that.
1: No, I I don't have to do it. No, I.
0: I Hey, listen.
1: You know, I, I, I think we were a lot like Russia and USA. You know, where we could both press the button and. Yeah. Um, Lyle was. We were very close with Lyle, your mom and I, Mm -hmm. and his wife Cindy, and Justin, their son. Uh, Lyle was, a rainbow of emotion. I nicknamed him Three Mile Lyle after Three Mile Island because you never knew when he was going to explode. Mm-hmm. And at one point, we, I, I actually got him a mood ring mm-hmm. because you based how the day was going to go off the first, hey, good morning, Lyle, mm-hmm. and you could kind of judge the
0: day from that point on. Yeah, I do that same thing with Waylon.
1: Oh, he was, uh, he was a car-carrying bad man. Yeah,
0: he was a bad man. Yeah.
1: Yep. I remember at Gold's Jimmy's bench benching 570, he says, spot me. I said, what am I going to do if you drop 570 What's going to happen? What am I going to do? We're both
0: going to be stuck Right.
1: Here. <laughs> You're going to be dead, and I'm going to be you <laughs> just, know, trying to explain to your stuck. wife how I couldn't pull 570 off
0: of you. Yeah. Was there one Raider, with all the, the Raider greats, that never got, in that Oakland period, the credit they deserve?
1: I'll give you a guy that I think, <clears throat> you go back and look at the big games. Um, Rod Martin. Uh, Rod Martin was a guy who you go back and look at big games, Mm -hmm. you know, playoffs, AFC Championship, you know, Super Bowls. Rod Martin always played great, and the other guy was Cliff Branch. Cliff, who we just lost this year, uh, sadly, who should have been in the Hall of Fame prior to his passing, and I think that's an unfortunate slight. Uh, Hopefully that will be remedied this year, albeit too late. Uh, But Cliff Branch is one of those guys. And, you know, I I always say great players are the players that on Monday morning, the first job a team has is to figure out. I'll give you an example Aaron Donald. Yeah. Aaron Donald, every team that's playing the Rams, the first thing they deal with in game planning on Monday morning Mm -hmm. is, How do we deal with him Mm -hmm. so he doesn't destroy our entire game plan? Cliff Branch through the fear of God. At one point, he was, you know, if not the fastest guy on the planet, he was one of the fastest guys on the planet. Uh, Remarkable player. Jim Plunkett, another guy that doesn't get enough credit, in my mind, should be in the Hall of
0: Fame. Right, especially with a few of the quarterbacks that have been in with with win-loss records that are in range there. Tom Flores as a coach. Yep two Super Bowls with,
1: try handling that football team. Right. Particularly the one that won in 80, 81. Yeah, it's
0: child's play because, I mean, Ooh. you look at now, I mean, you, you give Tomlin a lot of credit these days because you're seeing some people leave. Yeah. And when the Band-Aid's off, you're like, holy shit, it was crazier than I thought.
1: Mike Tomlin should be the, our, our UN ambassador.
0: Right, but. Still, child's play compared to what Tom had to deal with. In the oh, 80s. our group? Yes.
1: Ted Hendricks rode a horse onto the practice field yeah. one time.
0: That actually sounds pretty cool.
1: Yeah. I mean, guys were disappearing. I mean, guys were disappearing for a couple of days at a time. You got to remember, this is a time when. You, you could got,
0: you could disappear you, there for were, a couple there days. Were, at there time. were
1: three networks. Take me back. There were three networks. ESPN was working out of a garage in Bristol, and yeah. it was. It was doing tractor pulls, and yeah, you know, yeah, I mean, yeah. there was just some coverage. Yeah. But outside of the locker room, there was one, two cameras a day. That's it. Yeah. There was the local guy, and you had your local beat writer who you were buddies with and maybe you had a beer with. Right. Things could be covered up.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Uh, those teams uh, would not be able to no, function. No, no, no. And, Today. And,
0: and, and the venue, which obviously we'll get to in a minute, the way it closed out last week in very unfortunate fashion fit the oh the persona of the team what was the
1: i don't know of a fan base <clears throat> that better personified you know hey listen philadelphia's a tough city yeah 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 pittsburgh's a tough city you know particularly in in their heyday when in the 70s when <clears throat> they were winning all those super bowls and you know somewhat it's been gentrified and like philadelphia but oakland i can't think of a a city that more embodied right. uh, a football team. And, you know, if you played there once, you're always an Oakland Raider.
0: What's the loudest you ever heard uh, that stadium?
1: Well, it, it probably Monday night because it was Pittsburgh. Uh, we played Pittsburgh my rookie year on Monday night. And, you know, here you are, you're lining up against Mike Webster. And it's like, hey, that's Mike Webster. Yeah. Um, and you're seeing all the people, you know, Franco Harris and, you know, all the legends and Jack Lambert. I I remember playing in a pro bowl with Jack Lambert and Jack Lambert was exactly the way you would think Jack Lambert was smoking a cigarette, no teeth, got a hat on that he should have thrown away. Like 15 years ago. Yeah. 15 years ago. And and he was meaner than dirt, but that Pittsburgh, Oakland rivalry was so much more intense than... And was that the week that you got
0: to eat dinner with Joe Green the night before? Yes, I, I, I lived... Because roommate, lived My roommate, you live my, with, roommate, my yeah. rookie
1: year, was a guy by the name of Cedric Hartman, right. uh, who passed away, sadly, this past year. Um, and Cedric was part of the gold rush and looked that up in San Francisco mm-hmm. with Cleveland Elam and Jimmy Webb. and One they, of the more
0: underrated players.
1: They were yeah, great. From that era. And Cedric had over 100 sacks and you know just a dynamic... Uh, pass rusher, and and he was Joe Green's teammate and roommate at North Texas State. Right, and here we are. I'm a rookie. I'm fresh out of Villanova, and Joe Green's my. I took 75 because of Joe Green, and and Cedric said Joe's gonna stop by. Yeah, he's gonna stop by and have dinner. And we were at the house. Why does he I, sound like a fucking guy down at LSU? He did. If you know Cedric, Cedric was. He called me Junior. Junior,
0: what, hey, how, what you doing? How about all week? You were probably like, so uh, Cedric is. Um, anybody coming over this weekend to dinner? No, I, I, <laughs> you know, it was one of
1: those deals where, hey, look, my head was barely above water. I'm, right, right. I'm you know, I'm, I'm a rookie in the NFL. I'm rushing on third down, and uh, Cedric was a huge help. I mean, I, yeah. I had some moments in our meeting room, which I won't get into specifically, where. <clears throat> you know my temper was probably a lot tighter and and uh it was a lot easier to uh to go off the go off the deep edge yeah for me at that time yeah and cedric was good at reeling me back yeah and here joe green comes over for dinner and we're sitting down and i'm sitting there with joe green what'd y'all have for dinner I don't even remember. I was just, just like, yeah, Joe I was Green. just stared at Joe Green. Right. And you know, it's like you can't get any better than that. And then we played them and we beat them and I ended up I think I had two sacks that game.
0: Right. Yeah. When you look at uh, Al, you know, you guys had an interesting relationship. Up and down, yeah. up and down like any front office might with a player who's gonna spend thirty you play you spend thirteen years with an organization now. Yeah. You know, uh it's one, it's probably not gonna happen. Two, um, there's gonna be your ups and downs. One, what'd you think of Al, uh, and what do you think of him now and his legacy? And two, do you think he gets not enough credit for being progressive because, oh. not just on the football field, but he had <clears throat> first Hispanic coach uh, to, win, to win a Super Bowl, first black head coach, uh, and then he had Amy Trask working under him as the president. Well, that,
1: that, that's, that's once he owned the football
0: team. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Prior to him owning the football team, what people don't realize is he was a coach. Yeah. And matter of fact, he was a coach for the Raiders when they first came into existence, which I, I'm not sure exactly what year it was, maybe 62, but the Raiders came into existence the, the year I was born, 1960. Right. And he had led the Raiders to the single greatest turnaround in NFL history, and, and that, that record stood for I don't know how long. Right. Uh, forever, a brilliant football mind. Right, right. Um. And you know, not not to say that. Look, Jerry played college football. Jerry Jones played college football. Jerry Jones is a brilliant businessman and, right. and knows football. Right. Um. I'm not saying he doesn't know football. This was a different level. Al could coach every position on the team. Right. He knew X's and O's,
0: scouting report. A lot like Bill. Yes. Yes. I always said Bill could walk around and could out coach the position coach at will at the drop of a hat
1: I'm not sure that he had what Bill has in terms of the actual physical coaching. Yeah. But his knowledge of every single position and the nuance of your defense, your offense, and building a football team and the types of players. It was bigger, stronger, faster. Right. And that was reflected in our drafts. That was reflected in our personnel uh that was who we were um <clears throat> he was uh benevolent he was at times tyrannical right um people might find this hard to believe but i think it I, we we probably had two significant lengthy conversations in my 13 years i mean we had the the obligatory i'm holding out he won't speak to the agent he calls me on the phone. Uh, Howard, he called me Howard. Yeah. My grandmother, Bob Capone, and Al called mm-hmm. me Howard. Mm-hmm. Howard, uh, I can pay you one nine five. Yeah. But that's all I can do. And you'll always be the highest paid guy in the defensive front as long as you're playing. And that turned out not to be true that year right. because they paid Anthony Smith, and right. which led to me kind of wanting to just move on but the two conversations were when i retired prematurely in his mind um well three conversations retired prematurely he was upset you know with age comes perspective i certainly understand that um and your mom was in the meeting and it was a rough meeting yeah um and it was some graphic language being used in And he wanted me to come back and he offered me a guaranteed deal for two years, three years that was far more than I was making. But at that point I had checked out mentally. It's
0: time to go, it's time to go.
1: I checked out mentally. Um, The other time was when I I had gotten in a bad fight at work um, and didn't start, It never started a fight at work. Uh, But, you know, I could fight. Yeah, Um, It's one thing I could do well um and you know plastic surgeon had to be brought in it was bad right uh it was they did a good job on you not me i'm joking it was quick and it was bad he called me up and just tore me up yeah and said i don't want you to beat another player up on this team yeah and that was it yeah uh and then the third one was when I was elected to the Pro Football Hall of Fame, I got the call from Fudgie, who is longtime mm-hmm. assistant, and <clears throat> your mom and I were over in Hawaii because they introduced the Hall of Famers at the Pro Bowl. Right. And uh, he, she called me up and said, Mr. Davis would like to talk to you. And we hadn't spoken for, and we hadn't spoken for maybe. Over 10 years. No, five years.
0: Oh, okay. Five years, so. You're right, yeah. Because that would have been like ninety eight.
1: Yeah, so I don't know whether he knew I was playing basketball with Sherman the boys. Yeah, back in Virginia because I could still run that. Right, right, right. Um, But he calls me up and he says, "Congratulations, you are <clears throat> you are you know one of the greats, you know all that." And thanks, Mister Davis. You always know, call him Mister Davis. Um, and uh, he said, uh, "I know you're in shape." He said, "You know, no Hall of Fame has ever come back." <laughs> and he offered me a two-year guaranteed contract to come back at <clears throat> about to be forty. Uh, I was just turned forty, yeah. I think, and he said, "I'll only play on third down, and you could just come in and rush the quarterback." Yeah, and that was it. And, I, and for a a millisecond can seem like an eternity. You can't not think about it. You no, can it never, was a millisecond. Then I said. You're out of your freaking mind.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> and moved on from it, and that was it. But it was an organization I couldn't imagine being in a. I couldn't imagine playing anywhere else. Yeah. I couldn't imagine wearing a different helmet. I couldn't imagine not playing in Oakland. Right. Um, it's unfortunate that the team couldn't come up with a solution, and I know I, I know for a fact that Mark Davis exhausted every conceivable...
0: Yeah, because it's one thing when, when an owner has the money to just snap this is their a fingers family and make it. It's a family business. Yeah, and, and it's not like Stan Kroenke in St. Louis.
1: If you want to compete in this business, in the NFL today, because of the new you know upfront money and guarantees, and right. you've got to essentially put that money in escrow.
0: By the way, cap went up. is going to go up next year. Right. But I saw some projections.
1: So let's say you're guaranteeing $90 million or $100 million of someone's contract. You have to put that money essentially in escrow right, right. for the last seven years of the contract or the last six years of the contract right, right now. Yeah, yeah. You have to fund it right now. You're not paying it to the player right now, but you have to fund it.
0: That's the same. Yep. You
1: can't compete. It's the, it's the reason why Khalil Mack, in my mind, is still not an Oakland Raider. right? But when you go to Vegas, which is a whole other deal, <clears throat> they, a city has to come up with $750 million. How do you do that? How many hotel rooms do they have in Vegas?
0: 750 million.
1: <laughs> well, if you put a 20, 30 cent kind of tax on, you know, tourism yeah. on each room for each night, yeah. you come up with the $750 million. Right, right, right. That's how they do it. The only non-shared revenue in the NFL, and the reason why people make a big deal about stadiums, is luxury boxes. Right. right. So, in other words, everything else is shared equally. You know, that's how you got to make your money. That's you, how you got to make your money. Yeah, and they, so, and they you have to have a big it. stadium. And, for example, <clears throat> the Rams and the Chargers are in L.A. It's a challenge to sell those luxury boxes at the prices that they're selling them at. In Las Vegas, what's the business?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's casinos.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: If you're a casino, do you have to have a luxury box? Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So the luxury boxes are sold. The $750 million. Yeah, you, you
0: walk in, and it's just like. The stadium ready-made. sells out yeah.
1: faster than any stadium right. has sold out. But they
0: have given up. It seems to me they've given up the fan they've bit. given up the home the the home field advantage. They went from one of the most iconic home field advantages, yes, to being their existence being predicated as, hey, we we are voluntarily giving up this home field advantage because we we want fans to travel here as a destination it comes to come see you. The Bucks are playing. Well,
1: I don't know that they're saying that. I mean, I I think part of the process because we we have someone in the family who w- was. Involved in the sale of tickets and yeah, yeah. and what they went through in trying to, for example, brokers. They tried to limit the access of bulk tickets right. to brokers. You had to verify your address and they sold to a certain, they sold to Oakland first. They sold to Las Vegas, Los Angeles second. Maybe, I don't know. I don't know the order, but then they sold to Vegas. Uh, so it was broke down in three or four tiers and then they opened it up to the mass. Right, right, right. But the stadium sold out, you know, it, it's close to sold out now. It's- How
0: would that 1981 team do in Vegas on a road trip? Oh. Uh, so so moving forward, like oh. the, fu- the future of the Raiders. And are, I-
1: are, are the technology the same?
0: No. What if, what if the 81 Raiders, and we got to get going soon, but what if the 81 Raiders <laughs> had a night in Vegas on the road and they were playing somewhere else?
1: Lock the women and children up.
0: <laughs> Just like... I mean, come on. Uh, so you know looking forward to the future with the Raiders, there's a lot of, a lot of questions anyways, but um, first off, the way that game ended last week, that was is, you know, Horrible. not really a playoff implication Horrible. thing, but like as bad a call. Hey,
1: you know what? <clears throat> the game had significance to the fan base, which is bigger than sliding and the into organization playoffs this year and the organization yeah and. I've seen every conceivable angle there is. I've seen still photography right. from the end zone shooting up the sideline. He's a good half a yard in bounds right. when he stops. Oh
0: yeah, and he's celebrating because he thinks the game is right. effectively over. So, so not
1: only is the it, is, is it not ruled that he gave himself up in bounds, he's he's essentially they're running the clock. It's yeah, down yeah. to two minutes. They lose 40 to a, 40 seconds to a minute that they could run off, and, and which inevitably gives Jacksonville the ability to drive the length of the field with, you know, Minshew Mania and uh, get the game-winning score. And and to not win that game in the final game,
0: the way they lost
1: at the Oakland Coliseum, the way they lost it, um,
0: brutal, brutal. Uh, brutal. But in the future, there are some there's some reasons to be excited. One is your friend, Mike Mayock. Um, Yeah. First off, talk about the, the job he's done because, you know, Gruden, they both took a lot of shit getting the jobs because people these days don't want to see TV people. They perceive as, you know, yeah. Names that are just getting jobs, but Mike has earned his money. And then also is Derek Carr part of that future?
1: You know, I'm not sure how they feel. I, I, you get the impression at least, you know, from a public standpoint that they, they feel strongly that Derek Carr is part of the future there. Okay. Um, you know, but as you know, public perception and what you're, you know, giving to the public and, 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 and the media could be totally different than what you're thinking. But <clears throat> Derek Carr is a talented quarterback. He's very talented. Very talented quarterback. Um, where do you, you know, you always say with a head coach or a quarterback, everyone's quick to want to make a move. Yeah. yeah. At head coach or quarterback, what do you do? Wh- who are you replacing with? Right, right, right. <clears throat> okay. So, Mike. Truth be told, I've known Mike Mayock since I was 16 years old. <clears throat> I was a 16-year-old senior at Milford High School, uh, living with Uncle Billy yep. and Aunt Ada, and uh, I played football for a year and a half. Right. And, uh, take a trip to Boston college as a recruit mm-hmm. and who's my host Right. as 16 year old Mike Mayock and that group at Boston college was wild at that time. Mike and that group that played at Boston college, they played, t- Texas was the number one team in the country. They beat them that year. They had a really good team at Boston college <clears throat> guys had tattoos on the rear ends of Eagles. I'm 16 years old. I, I'm not sure I had hair under my armpits. Right, right. Yeah. Um, so, you know, my grandmother, you know, grandma wanted me to get out of the neighborhood and uh, head down to uh, Villanova. And it turned out to be the perfect place for me, no slight on Boston College. But so I have a relationship with Mike Mayock. I know what Mike Mayock is all about. Mike Mayock is 24-7 football. Right. Um, he is the polar opposite of a TV guy. Right, exactly. Even as as a TV guy,
0: that's why I think a lot of people gravitated towards Mike. Not only did it appear that he knew what he was talking about, and everybody misses on picks, it's funny as hell to me. Everybody, you know, calling back to oh well, he missed. He he he, you know he had Kamara going late, or he tried doing that for a living for years. And there's guys in front offices who get paid to do it and miss routinely.
1: Kamara split time in college. So what do you do? So what was Tennessee thinking?
0: So Mike's doing a good job. Tennessee, I, I, right? Yeah, Tennessee. I, I, I think Mike's doing a good job. I, I, I think the future's bright, and I think with this team this year, at least my opinion of it is, they aren't as good as people thought they were in the no. middle of the year. In the beginning of the year, they were underrated, and then they became overrated, and yep. now they're back down to earth. And I it's agree. It's a project. So, I agree. There's things to feel good about. I want get, to get some quick, quick hitters before we let you go, and we'll bring you back for Haydad another day. You didn't know that you, you signed a waiver on the way, and that's a contract for 10 of these Segment wow. So, um unpaid. Uh and
1: you don't even you don't even validate parking.
0: No, we don't. Uh worst rivalry Chiefs or Broncos? And was there an underrated Worse rivalry? Worst rivalry. The best rivalry. Well, when I say <laughs> well, worst, for
1: me, for me it was Look, when at that time everyone in the NFC West, AFC West rather, hated us. Right. And it was Raider Week wherever we went. Yeah. If it was Kansas City, they had the red coats back. Right which means they brought back all their best players and right. they were all red coats and they wore red sport coats and I remember we went up there one year and then Bo was on the team and he was playing for the Royals and Bo gets his first carry and you know a a sea of baseballs get thrown on the field. Right. There was also I believe in maybe in that same game there was a when I say a a melee of a fight.
0: Yeah, yeah I heard about that one.
1: Yeah. It was bad, but Every week, whether it was San Diego, whether it was Kansas City, whether it was Denver, for me, it was John in Denver. Yeah. And Nemesis. You know, kind of always felt like John was as good as it gets. And he was kind of a glimpse at the future.
0: Yeah. Um, How many times you miss him?
1: Oh, 200.
0: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So if you could zap back into one defense right now, which one?
1: I'd probably play on the Bears eighty-five team.
0: Really? Well
1: what about current current well I get the scheme? i I look at them, I'd look at them on film playing in a three man, two gap scheme, they're playing in a bear front with
0: everybody's in one gap.
1: Everybody's in one gap and you're guaranteed a single. Yep. Or you're unblocked. Yep. You know, not and and look, I'm a big Dan Hampton fan. I'm a big Richard Dent fan. I'm a big McMichael fan. Mm. (laughs) You'll love that But they had great matchups. It was the perfect blend of talent and scheme, and nobody knew how to block it. So in today's world, where would I, in today's game? Yeah. What scheme? I probably, golly, maybe Minnesota. Yeah. um, Seattle.
0: Seattle. Seattle, yep. yeah, That probably, was on my list. Yeah. Well, who's a player since you that's reminded you of yourself?
1: I was told early on by Wade Phillips that J.J. Watt.
0: Y'all are different, though. We're different, though. Different.
1: He's, he's longer. You're a
0: better inside rusher. I, he's a better edge rusher. And,
1: and people call, calling me a defensive end is like it's putting, like, yeah, it's yeah, like yeah, putting yeah. a ribbon on a pig. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. The closer I got to the ball, 80% of Most my— Most
0: people tell me we played the same position.
1: I know, and you and I are, t- we're t- you're, a, you're a defensive end. Yes. You're a pass rush yep. defensive end a, yep. a, who could do both things. Right. I felt like the air was too thin out there for yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. I like, if, if I were a fighter, I'd want a 10-foot ring. You'd want a
0: 15-foot ring. Yeah, you'd be more like Tyson. Yes. I'd be more Lennox Lewis. If
1: I get you in a phone booth, I'm pretty good.
0: Yeah. Uh, okay, so who's the DPOY this year?
1: Boy, that's a complicated one.
0: It really that. isn't.
1: Um, I hadn't really thought about players How, of the you year. You take
0: you take Gilmore off the Patriots. Oh,
1: good, Yeah, you know what? <clears throat> and making it look easy, and but and and so fundamentally, and part of that's being there. Yes, but, <laughs> Where,
0: but no, I'm make saying no. From, mistake from, I'm, I'm, about I'm, no it. I'm not talking yeah. about talent. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. I'm just talking about being sound. Yeah, yeah, not being. He's not doing it. You know who was like that. Mike Haynes was like that. Right. Mike Haynes was so good, it was boring.
0: I guess. I guess to me, if you're going to do DPOY, the guy who's altered the trajectory oh, of him. a great defense the most, you know, like I could argue Minka Fitzpatrick, but there's a DPOY candidate up front for them who I don't think should win it because Gilmore should win it, in in T.J. Watt. T.J. Watt's been tremendous. Of all the guys up front, if you're going to discount Aaron Donald because he didn't get 20 this year, I mean, T.J.'s the one. But even if you took T.J. off that Pittsburgh defense, which, by the way, I think is the best in the league at this point because of what they have to work with offensively. I mean, they're consistently scoring in the teens with, like, (laughs) Duck Hodges.
1: Out of those guys, I think Gilmore's here.
0: And then it's Fitzpatrick. Because yeah. he changed the Pittsburgh defense yeah. so much since he showed up there, and then like a TJ Watt to me, I think Gilmore's the guy. So we'll see how it shakes out. We'll uh, we'll have you back, Pops, for more as much as you can tolerate here on the po- new podcast. Guy,
1: I'm gonna get a with the money I make from this. I'm thinking about going down to what's the place that has the Chris Long sandwich?
0: Uh, Little John's.
1: Little John's. I'm going down and get that because I've never gotten one.
0: Well, I can talk to him about maybe a sale because I, I didn't know you were making well, any...
1: <laughs> if I'm technically, I guess I'm not making any money. Nah, well, Why should this be
0: any different than the rest of your life? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's what family's for. Yeah. Appreciate you, man. Love you, Love man. Love you, buddy. Appreciate you being here.